clear that, man, I'm a bit hungover today. Um, you sound so groggy. I, I I'm feeling a bit groggy. Uh, I've I've been getting better as time goes on. Uh, starting at about seven a.m., um, but still not quite a hundred percent. But the reason is, last night was my uh, my brother's birthday, so we went out. Uh, had a small group of people. We went out to a local. Um, our local uh, brew, brewery, brew pub, or whatever, and uh, February. <laughs> February brewery, and uh, we had we had ourselves some beers, and it was just a just a great time. But I'm paying That's for great. it. Is he? He's he's older than you. He's a little younger than I am. He's a li- what? Yeah, he's uh, 22 months younger no. than than myself. No. 23, maybe 23 months. I always figured he was older than you because he looks kind of like an old man. He does. He behaves as an old man does as well. He, uh, I actually think that I look maybe more like your brother than he looks like your brother. I appreciate that. Yeah. Just yeah. based on body build, I think. But I could totally see it too. I, I, I saw one of our mutual friends, um, Okay. I don't, I don't know if I should uh, drop his name or not, but I don't think so. Okay, so I, I'm wondering what what your thoughts are on this. So, do you have a friend who, when you hang out with them or when you're when you ever interact with them, your your uh, social skills ever like go out the window? <laughs> you're describing all friends, including you, and right now, yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, uh, I don't know. There's, there's something about. I, I feel, I feel really comfortable interacting with people on a regular, daily basis. I, I feel yeah. confident doing that. But with this one certain friend, it's uh, like you're talking to the really hot, hot girl, and you're in junior high. Well, exactly. I get nervous. I, I always freaking say the wrong things. <laughs> I don't know why. It's not a, it's not a dude crush. It's not a, it's not a bromance or anything like that. It's, I have no idea why. You know, some people are just uh, incompatible like that. I think right. it, it, it even like begins with the speech patterns sometimes, where just the the beat of the conversation just can't can't hold itself up, or something. And man, e- even when people try to interject, or uh, whenever I meet somebody new, I notice that I, if they start talking, I stop talking. So if I'm I'm talking and they not necessarily interrupt me, but try to just add something to what I'm saying. I totally shut up when maybe it's normal to keep talking a little bit and both be talking at once. Does that make sense? Oh, dude, big time. I, I do the exact same thing. Yeah. But um, see, I, but it, it seems to be the norm to, to keep talking kind of like I just did over you when you were, were talking. Just <laughs> but yeah, but, I, just, uh, I go silent and, and it seems to really kill some conversations. But... Dude, that's what they get for interrupting you, damn it. That's So that's that's totally what I think, but maybe that's just the natural flow of conversation now and we haven't caught up. That could be as well. It's like it's like um I'm talking to everybody else in a, a Skype conversation and there's a little delay, but they don't have that same delay. Like they're hearing it in real time, but to me there's just Sometimes it's stilted because of, of I don't know, these gaps that happen that are totally uh, awkward for me, but not for them. 
Man, I'm in I'm in the exact same boat. I I do the exact same thing. Whether it's on a phone call or in in real life, IRL as they say. Um, if if someone else starts talking, I don't know. I I've uh, just always sort of had the instinct of just I just stop talking and start listening. Right. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a digital uh, dichotomy where where I'm either talking and not listening. Or I'm listening and not talking. Yeah, one at a time. Yeah. I agree with you. So this was uh, maybe one of the, the problems with your conversation yesterday? Um, well, partially, yes. Um, but it, another part is, for some reason, I just say stupid, stupid things <laughs> when I'm around him. Like, like uh, please, I want to hear. <laughs> well, actually, okay, again, I was, I was a bit... Um, <laughs> I was, I was a, you know, I had I had had a few beers by this point. Um, he was just taking off. Uh, we didn't we didn't talk much. Uh, we just said, "Hey, see ya." You know? Exchanged kisses on the cheek. <laughs> so uh, so as he was le- <laughs> as he was leaving, um, for some reason I felt the need to bring up uh, doing this podcast. I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. I said, "Hey, uh, I'm going to be doing a podcast with Robert tom- with Robert tomorrow. Uh, we'll give you a shout out." Woo! <laughs> this is quite the way to do it. As if, as if this person could ever even find it. Yeah, exactly. Whoever this, uh, this well, mutual friend is. Right, and then that leads me to my next point. He said, "Well, shoot me a link. I'd like to listen to it." I said, "Oh, that's the problem. <laughs> no. It's uh, it's, it's uh, kind of secret, secretive right now." <laughs> So you can't listen to it. You just that's yeah, that's a that's setting a conversation up for failure. Yeah, that's, a, that's beautiful though. I'm like I'm gonna say your name live to everybody on the internet, but you can't you can't find it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't find it, and no one can hear it. I love it. It's, so uh, it's we should just run a, a bunch of like um, Google AdWords for a, a product, but never link to anything. <laughs> that's what that is. Yeah, exactly. Putting up a billboard without your business name or phone number. <laughs> if you don't build it, they'll still come. <laughs> oh man, well that's a that's a hard interaction to get over. Um, oh man, it was nasty. I, f- I f- like I feel guilty about it today. <laughs> well, the good thing is this other person um, whose name shall be disclosed off air, I guess, uh, probably has not thought about it since, <laughs> or forgot about it immediately after. Well, see, I'm so. I'm wondering if if, I mean, that's that's got to be like the type of person that I am to him, because that's how <laughs> all of our interactions are. That's how every single one is. Just super awkward. Uh, well, so, I'm sure yeah. uh, my reputation in his eyes is just crazy tainted, um, <laughs> but I consider myself like somewhat well liked uh, everywhere everywhere else. It's just so yeah. weird. It's that it's that one guy. Whenever I whenever I talk to him, uh, that's just how it goes. Yeah, no, you're you're an affable, uh, you're you're an easy guy to talk to, um, or to talk at. I guess <laughs> this may be the lesson of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I can, I, I totally get where you're coming from, where where you're just uh, you're never gonna buzz on the same wavelength as a person, and uh, yeah, it was it's probably a situation where you had to say hi or acknowledge a person, <laughs> but to bring up the podcast. <laughs> Oh man! This well, little this fucking thing. <laughs> here, here's the thing, though. Um, where my mind went, 
was that, okay, we have a mutual friend, Robert. Uh, this guy and I don't have much in common, so so we don't like we don't really talk about hey how are you doing uh, how's life for you we uh, we typically talk about mutual friends yeah. like uh, like you or uh, Jake another friend of ours Jesus Christ bleep yeah bleep uh, turkey turkey call Thank you Bill <clears throat> so so that's that's the thing I. Once I once I saw him, I instantly thought, okay, what kind of uh, like, what kind of conversation can I start that involves one of our mutual friends? Right. And I I thought, well, I'm doing this uh, I'm I'm doing this recording with Robert uh, the next day, so why don't I bring that up? You didn't quite get to. Well, you we don't want you to listen to it. You're never gonna hear this thing. No one no one hears this thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, that's all right. Um. Well, wow! What a what a great start uh, to this recording. <laughs> that's uh, that's tough. I don't know how you get over something like that. Well, I it, actually you, it, it it does make it easier to get over with uh, with your advice. Like sometimes you just you're just not on the same wavelength as people. So no. I'll just I'll just uh, sort of leave it at that and just accept that <laughs> I'm always going to be just an awkward douche around this. Guy. <laughs> But you know what? That's fine. And then sometimes there's there's people that I talk to that I still don't. The conversations are never great, but I still enjoy it. And it seems like they still enjoy talking, even though we are we are on way different pages. Um, yeah, it's hard because you can't you can't name people or uh, talk about characteristics that would uh, give them away. But yeah, anyway, here here we go. Good start. Good start to this one. Well. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a problem I'd like to talk to you about, and I'm sorry this is this has been on my mind since the, since the start. Um, I'd love to hear it. Last uh, last weekend, my parents were in town, um, just to, to hang out, I guess, and so, as one does when your parents are in town, you have to find something to do to entertain them and. In the case of my parents, they're big into collecting junk, so we went to an antique store, uh, which is something that my lady friend also enjoys. So, oh god, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> it's it's good so far. So far, yeah. I'm I'm appreciating it. My dad has been collecting troll dolls. <laughs> oh, nice! He, man, this no, guy's a collector. Not nice. Oh god. Well, yeah. Okay. So he's he's into some pretty interesting stuff, and he's got some cool stuff. Uh, we we've talked about the garden tractors, which are interesting, and it, it fits what he does. He likes to. Uh, he has an orchard, and he likes to garden, and I guess he likes to mow his lawn. So <laughs> there's some sort of interest there. And he used to used to be into full size tractors, and he he does like collect antiques really cool old stuff um and okay so the troll dolls right the the plastic things with the hair with the crazy hair the colorful hair yeah the crazy hair and i was trying to figure out like what's how did what's his vector into this how did he get yeah interested and he i think he's doing it to bust my balls (laughs) i don't think he's really interested but i'll get to that so i he he mentioned something about maybe there's a scandinavian a woodcarver who used to carve these things and somehow the plastic dolls evolved from that 
and he's he's really into wood carving too, and he used to do a lot of that. Nice. Um, yeah, because he's a, a middle-aged white guy, so. Yeah, that's what you do as a man. Well, yeah, it's you get into woodworking or garden tractors or duck decoys, all of which are very interesting to him. But so we're at this antique store. Oh fuck, this is so hard. <laughs> it really is. Oh, so can we talk about troll dolls for a second, though? Uh, yes, because please. I'm, I'm intrigued. Like, they've got pudgy little bellies, and they have different colors of hair. And evidently, if they have like a jewel in their belly button, they're worth a little bit more, or they're made between certain years with certain characteristics and so the you, pot belly and and the clothes. And they're they're never meant to wear clothes, right? They're always meant for a, someone to take their clothes off. And there's kind of this weird sexual thing about them. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? I don't. This is this well, isn't think, great, but I think so. I think I I think I understand what you mean, but I. I've never thought about trolls this in depth. I've always, I've always known them to, I've always known there, you know, that there was, uh, you know, different col- different colors of hair. But besides that, I had no idea that there were other yeah, variations. What the fuck is the appeal though to these things? They, and so I'm learning so much about these in the short time at the antique store, right? Uh, because we keep seeing them because they are old garbage that you would find in an antique store. Um, Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Okay, so they come in different shapes and sizes. They're all the same shape, roughly. They've got the belly, and they've got, like, the pudgy toes and the short arms and the hands and the big bug eyes. Right. And so the first one he finds is, I think it has, like, pink hair. It's your mid-sized troll doll. And some kid had taken the scissors to this thing's hair. So it was cut off. It had like a lesbian haircut. And oh, man. In the, in the way that, look, you know, they have good hair. Right, um, but uh, but a, sh- a troll doll with a short with short hair, that's, that sort of takes away the whole appeal of a troll doll. Well, that's what I thought. But he picks this thing up and he puts it in his basket. Like he's going to buy this thing. Ultimately, he does. Yeah. Right? A compromised troll doll that has its hair cut, which I would think would be the the value of the troll doll would be you know the the full head of hair and like not none pulled out or none like kinked but apparently well, that doesn't matter he puts this in the basket first one he sees and uh, I, I swear there's a little grin on his face and <laughs> the problem is my girlfriend is encouraging this she is feed she's feeding into this she is giving him the attention necessary for him to keep going cuz it's bothering me and I think he knows this. And he... I don't know. I think he really enjoys making me uncomfortable. Um, well, it worked. God, it worked a lot. And I think my <laughs> girlfriend kind of fed into this because she could see it too. Okay, so here we go. There, we're walking through and there... Fuck! There's this wreath. There's a Christmas wreath, like a green pine needle wreath with troll dolls glued to it. <laughs> yes. Nobody, no sane person makes this sort of thing. They're all all shapes, all sizes, hot glued, all naked to this Christmas wreath. There's probably 20 of them on there. Was that like, uh, I mean, was it that like the Holy Grail for him for for being a troll collector? <sighs> yeah. 
It's got to yeah, be. He, he, I laugh. I'm like, there's no fucking way you're going to do this, right? <laughs> and he does some quick arithmetic in his head, and he says, oh, you know, uh, however much this is divided by the 20 troll dolls, yep, that's a good deal. Those will be worth more than... Um, he. Okay, so his other thing is that these are going to be worth a lot of money someday, right? And I contend that these are the new Beanie Babies. Dude. And they are already worthless. Well, okay, quick side note. I actually saw that uh, these certain Beanie Babies on eBay are going for just stupid stupid money. Right now? Right now, yeah. Why? There, there are some that go for like ten or $15,000. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I saw. But uh, obviously you need to find the right buyer, but um, I think I, I think they actually, some of them actually hold hold some value to collectors. I'm not sure if trolls would be the same same idea. Cuz troll trolls are also from you know from the 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh a little I think even earlier than that. Like my I my parents both remarked on having some as kids. Okay. Right? And my mom is totally not into this. She's like, you know, what what is this midlife crisis that you're going through? <laughs> and why how have I you know, not been there enough for you to have to buy these <laughs> trolls. But again, I think he's doing it just to fuck with me. So, man, yeah. Okay. So he, Back to he the picks story. up yeah. he picks up this this wreath and he's gonna buy it. He takes it up front. And he says, "Hold on to this for me," you know, so I don't have to endure him <laughs> walking, walking around. around. Yeah. And I even remark when he picks this up and there's someone else walking by. I feel like I have to remark. So I, I said something like, "I think you get." put on a watch list for buying something like that (laughs) and this other guy kind of nods in recognition like yeah you gotta you gotta have the troll doll wreath though you gotta do it or something i don't know there was a little interaction but i i'm just embarrassed and i'm like dad get that get that thing somewhere where people can't see it now that you've touched it (laughs) i i don't know it's like walking around with piss on your pants or something (laughs) so he we, we go through the whole antique store, and he ends up buying it. And so, on the drive home, he's, he's kind of playing it up, talking about how um, he's going to put it on my door when we get home. The okay. Door, you know, my, my entry door. Your door. So everybody can see it. Yeah, my door. That, that means that he, he caught on to you being embarrassed about it. Oh God, yeah, no, from the beginning, and I still, I kind of think this is all just to fuck with me, and he wasted right. his money on these troll dolls to fuck with me, <laughs> and so he's playing it up in the car, and I'm getting like visibly frustrated and like quiet, and uh, my girlfriend's playing into it, and she she has this thing where she like laughs so much that she kind of hyperventilates a little bit and cries, and it's like you can't catch her breath, right. and she gets to that point because he he talks about when we get married putting a, one of these troll dolls in his tux pocket like a boutonniere <laughs> <laughs> and I am like and I, so I finally just say like are you doing this to break my balls what are you doing <laughs> and he just laughs and he, he does this thing where he's like wheezing laughing he's trying he's trying not to like let me know that he's laughing because he's in the back seat with my mom and so he, I just hear this wheezing through his teeth <laughs> <laughs> of him laughing and I, I kind of maybe 
went off a little bit you know like what the why the fuck are you doing this is this because of the troll movie resurgence and you get a hot tip about it a few years in advance and now you're, you're collecting these things do you really think that putting your money into these little fucking plastic figurines is like uh, a safer option than a 401k you know and <laughs> right apparently he, he thought it was all worth it just to just to fuck with me there's no resolution here it oh my the conversation God. that we got home uh, and I was like, you better not, you can't bring that thing inside. You better put that in your truck. That's not coming inside with you. <laughs> and I think he did, and he, he put it in his truck, and we I just kind of forgot about it. Man. Um, yeah, so I, in, in he, he's telling me how, you know, someday when I die, you know, you'll have all these, and you'll thank me for collecting these troll dolls. <laughs> And I'm like, and my, my parents are uh, not necessarily hoarders, but they, they love their antiques. And at one point, they even uh, ran their own antique business, I think. You don't say. Uh, yeah, but I, 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 uh, I'm one to like, try to get rid of stuff. And so I, I try to make it clear that, okay, if you guys both croak, I am collecting $50 a head for people to come in with their cars and take a carload of stuff out of the place and just so I never have to see it again or throw it away. Yeah, there's a yeah, minimalism is a is a big thing. And and I know that it's a big thing in in your life too, you know. Uh always seem to have a laptop instead of a desktop. Uh just try to sort of keep uh keep things uh keep your stuff to to a minimum. Right? Yeah, I I have I have clothes, I have my computer and uh not not a whole lot else. And I think this is because when I was little, I was a big collector because they were. And so I collected a lot of baseball cards, a lot of Pokemon cards, even Beanie Babies, because that was just at the right time where I was really young, and I had been given a couple. And then I I collected them, not because I really liked them, because, but because I, I thought there was this sort of like economy that you could cheat and you could play the, the stock price of these Beanie Babies and trade them and, and sell them at certain times. Sure. And I was really interested in that with... Uh, with baseball cards mostly, but so this this is me retaliating against that that gene, whatever gene they have of, of collecting things. Right. There's got to be a word for collecting in another language. There has to be a word for like the the act of collecting useless things or things that will almost surely not go up in value. Right. I'm sure. Th- I'm sure there is because that's that's a really common thing. Especially, I think it's a a more common thing among the baby boomers. Yeah. Uh, for yeah, some it, reason, it, among the the older generation right now, uh, they're they're into that stuff. There's some piece of nostalgia that, that these things offer for them, or something. I don't. Does your does your dad collect any? Any you know, stupid shit. He seems like a guy that would collect some stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does In seem the best like. Way. <laughs> yeah, but actually, surprisingly, he really doesn't. Um, he's in. He's he is into teardrop campers. So this this actually does pertain to the, to the conversation. He's <laughs> he's a uh, he built he built his first teardrop camper from scratch. Uh, those, those things these are sweet. Yeah, these little like slanted. They look like a, a horizontal teardrop, right? Uh, yeah, pretty tow much. Behind. It's it's a uh, yeah, just an all enclosed camper that you tow behind and you can tow it with a car. It's it's pretty tiny, but you can sleep in it. Has a kitchen, all that fun stuff built in. Those are sweet. Yeah, those are I dig it. But so he he built his first one um, a couple years ago, and then he started building a second one 
uh, he, he still uses his first one, but he's building a second one now. Um, the reason this pertains is because he obviously doesn't need a second one, but it's it's one of his hobbies, so he will have multiple campers <laughs> oh, God. when he only needs to use one at a time. So in that, in my mind, uh, that's collecting. He's collecting God. campers. What what age do you hit that your yard just becomes a, I don't know, a cemetery for these sorts of things, garden tractors and campers, because he's going to get to the point where he's going to have not just campers out there, but he's going to have, like, cook stoves that he's planning on using in other campers. True. And, like, toilets from old campers and, and pieces, <laughs> like, tires and axles and whatever else goes into these things, water beds. I yeah. don't know. Well, okay, there, first of all, there there's something to be said about uh, – just uh, living a life where you feel somewhat fulfilled, like it's it's something to do, that sort of thing. Right. Um, I think that's. I, I want to say that that's got to be part of the state of mind of uh, really most collectors, unless they're collecting things because of the value. Um, then then it's, the motivation is obviously to make money on it. Right. But. Other than that, I think it's like you said. It's it's got to be something nostalgia based, um, something definitely sentimental. Um, but I don't know, man. Collect, collecting things is a it's a weird phenomenon. It can get unhealthy. It feels like very quick. But 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 you can uh, you can easily dismiss that unhealthiness of it by saying, "Well, I'm just a collector." Really. <laughs> Can you support a, a troll doll addiction? <laughs> you can't. I, but okay, so how many how many troll dolls is too many? Oh, I don't I don't know I don't even know how many he has. He could have this wreath and this other one with the chopped hair, and that's right. it, just to fuck right. with me. <laughs> or he could have this. He could have a, a serial killer room of like troll doll corpses where he's like piecing and parting them together to optimize the value. He could have totes full of these things. That I find someday. He talked about buying a tote, like a whole bunch from somewhere, and them just smelling like cigarette smoke and being covered in nicotine. And again, I don't know if he's fucking around or if or if this is real. It's man, it seems both real and uh, made up because if you were to buy a bulk lot of troll dolls, they probably would have cigarette smoke in their hair and, and kind of a nicotine film on them. It seems like a, a thing that happens to most troll dolls in their lives. That right. they'd be in situations where that could happen. But at the same time, he's he's 60 years old, and he, he's got to have some experience and some sense from living for 60 years, for walking around on this earth for 60 years. No one does that for 60 years and then picks up a habit like troll dolls, right? This this well, wasn't something that's always existed. He's always been interested in like old uh, small engine things and and woodworking and you know building and and kind of re refurbishing things. But this is something else. And I man. I again I think it's it's just to mess with me. <laughs> so is okay. The reason that it's messing with you um, is it because they're troll dolls or is it because they're uh, just another little trinket or another little widget that that oh, can uh, pile up. It's it's very much because they're troll dolls. Because the other stuff that he's into, I can see the the like the interest and value in. Like he he collects 
Um, he even collects like vinyl records and old duck decoys because he used to carve. Nice. He carved duck decoys, right? So like, I, I see the I see the crossover there, and I, I can see the appeal to even like garden tractors going out and working on a little a little engine on the weekends. I, I get why it's fun because you can make this thing run and bring it back from the dead. Right. But no, the the tr- there's no intrinsic value or like extrinsic value in these things. They are terrible. You put them up on a shelf and it ruins the shelf. There's there's no good setting for these things. Like it's it's not even Chuck E. Cheese decor. Oh, who who made the wreath with the troll dolls glued to it? I cannot even imagine. Is, so yeah, he I I think he's doing it just to mess with me, but. I wish he was into teardrop campers or something more um, fulfilling. <laughs> well, okay, so that leads me to my next question. What if it was something like stamps like or uh, or thimbles? You know, people collect these things, and again, I don't know that they... Okay, maybe if somebody sews, uh, is a big, like, is big into sewing things, right. uh, they could collect thimbles, and that would that would make sense because those two hobbies may go hand in hand or susan b anthony used this this thimble or sure they're, they're a piece of history i don't know but they're, at the same time slice of something right but at the same time these people end up collecting like hundreds and hundreds of thimbles so it's not they're obviously not using these thimbles so it's um i guess i guess the question would be uh is that weird too if like Personally, I I can't understand, I can't personally grasp the idea of why somebody would want to collect these thimbles or stamps, uh, because they're not usable. Um, they they most likely don't have sentimental value. Um, well, do you not collect anything? Have you ever collected anything? Is there is there even in your your childhood? I'm sure like bouncy balls or something. I was a uh, Liz- beaded lizard keychain. <laughs> I was actually into the Beanie Baby fad mm. myself. Um, we had we had a shitload of them. Um, thank God we got rid of them on a garage sale a few years ago. Sold them for just uh, for dirt cheap, and <laughs> just to get rid of them. So I missed out on potentially some good money on that. But yeah. don't care because they're freaking little dolls made of fabric and beans. So dust <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What a stupid fad. Yeah. How, however, tie got to that point where i don't know how much market research went into like creating that product and like yeah positioning it so successfully something they're still being talked about yeah well i still see them in in uh in gas stations yeah uh where else do you see them um well yeah just gas stations pretty much maybe a hallmark store every now and again yeah gift shop i guess um but so Beanie Babies, and then back in the day when those when the state quarters first came out, Ooh, um, yeah, everybody my, has a grandma who. <laughs> yeah, my grandma bought me. Sword. Well, my grandma bought me one of those maps. Have you seen those? Where it's a map of the of the U.S. Absolutely. And there's a hole for each quarter, um, for each state. So yeah. as as you collect these, and they came out as as you probably recall, they came out uh, sort of in chunks. Like in 2000, I don't know when it was, 2006 or whatever. Yeah, um, it was a long, the, long span. They came out like every quarter, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'm sure that would make the most sense. So, oh. yeah, I think so. Jesus Christ. 
it. I did not mean to do that. <laughs> oh, sense that that was not on purpose. Uh, okay. Any, anyway. <laughs> Holy moly. Why do we do this okay. on Saturday mornings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so I was I was into that for a while. I never finished it, um, but I I got into it a bit. Mm. I think that one I could justify because it was definitely. I mean, it was it was naturally a fad because the only reason I had that map was because the state quarters were coming out. And then right. once I finished all 50, I would have to stop anyway. You know? So it was, <laughs> there, it was born was to be idea. a fad. And yeah. I, you have to believe that you could probably go on eBay now and buy, like, all 50 of them for, you know, a few bucks over what they actually cost. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Hmm. But that's a, it is a cool concept, though, and it's, it's sort of uh, artful in its own way as well. Yeah. I yeah. think, you know, you could... Once you finish that, I feel like you could hang it on the wall if you're one of those types of people. Uh, which your, I'm uh, your state spoons. <laughs> exactly. Oh, spoons are another thing, man. People get into that big time. Yeah. Um, man. Besides that, no, I don't. I don't really collect things. I'm. I'm trying. I'm slowly but surely getting into this minimalism thing myself. There where, if I if I don't use something and don't actually need it then what what's the point of having it like and but also i think it has to do with with uh the level of i guess sentiment or sentimental value the person places on material goods on things right myself dude i look at uh I mean, I have some old pictures and some scrapbooks from way back in the day, you know, that, uh, and some, you know, yearbooks and stuff like that, that technically are sentimental, but I never, I, man, I don't think since, since I originally got the, got a yearbook, you know, back in 2005 or whatever, uh, in the high school days, since then it's been in a box and I have not opened it up. Oh, same man. thing, same thing goes with these scrapbooks. Like you'll open those up someday, though. That's that's probably true, but I'm not really one to just to uh, just sit down and think. Okay, it's time to look back like 20 years ago and uh, just reminisce. I just want to like do what, like, just walk around and like do stuff in, <laughs> in the moment. <laughs> walk around and do stuff in the moment. I just want to walk Jesus. around and like. Look at things. Is that the, is that the title of your ebook, man? <laughs> Should be. <laughs> a guide to life. Do you yeah, know what well, I mean, though? Because I think the yeah. older generation uh, places more value on those things. Maybe. So I remember when I did collect baseball cards at, and, and things like that. I was I was really into to material and even my Game Boy. Like I had this pack and I had to have games in in these cases and like I had them arranged in a certain way and I took them everywhere with me. And at some point, I recognized that this was unhealthy, yeah. and that I'm not getting much out of it. I'm spending more time like thinking about how I'm caring for these things than actually using them in any way. And so, at some point, I, I just like a something clicked in my head, and I uh, I got rid of all this stuff, which seemed like the right decision. But maybe as you get older, you, you come back to that stuff, you know. The next generation is probably going to think we're crazy for even like having what we have because they're going to be living up in the cloud and uh, 
and they're gonna have their uh, their virtual glasses on, and they're they're gonna have everything right there. Their scrapbooks are all gonna be online, and they're gonna look at your your yearbook and your scrapbook, and they're gonna they're gonna scoff. Right. Okay. Actually, while we're on the subject, I just looked over and saw my bookshelf, my bookcase. Yeah. You know what? I currently collect books. This there just you go. uh. This just sort of clicked for me because a lot of people, uh, I'm sure you're included in, in this. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> oh, that's embarrassing. Oh my goodness, where Clear did that, that come? Oh, Clear my. that out. Well, nope. well. <laughs> now, now everyone knows what my throat sounds like. <laughs> so, a lot of people, I'm sure you're included in this. Um, let me know if you are. A lot of people only read books on their tablet. That saves a ton of space. Are you are you one of those people? I'm both. I'm okay, both. so you read physical books as well. Yeah, but I, I have a, I have and I love my Kindle. Man, and I love the idea of it. It makes so much sense because, um, I mean, again, the space saving. You can have a you can have a thousand books in your library, and it's all on this one little tiny device. That's smaller than a book. <laughs> Bleep. Book. Yeah. Bleep. True. Um. But I mean, I'm looking over at my book, my bookcase, and I have, I mean, I don't know, fifty to a hundred books in there, um, most of which I've read. But I mean, they're just taking up space. I plan on yeah. reading them, reading them again. You know, I, I'd love to go back and read all of them again. So that's that's one reason I keep them. But also, there's something. I think what keeps me going back to physical books as opposed to the Kindle bleep is. Just the sense of satisfaction when you can, when you can uh, look at the book and you can see where your bookmark is, and you're like, okay, I'm doing pretty damn well. I'm like reading through this whole book, and most people don't even read books nowadays. Well, that's true, and I don't know why I go back and forth, but I definitely do between real books and uh, and the Kindle. Um, do you sell any books, or do you, do you keep everything? Man, I keep it. I, see, I'm, I've probably only sold a, a handful of books, and yeah, I'm with you. Even if there's some books that I know I'm, I'm probably never going to read again, uh, but I can't sell. Here's here's a pretty bad thing. There are both books that I have bought physically and then bought on my Kindle because I want to read them on my Kindle, and there are books that I have bought on my Kindle and then bought physically because wow. I want to read them. And I, I, don't, I, I haven't figured out what, what makes a book make me sway a certain way but i but i've gone does. both ways yeah interesting there's a also you know books are inherently valuable not necessarily just you know monetarily speaking because a lot of times you can't you can't give certain books away um let alone sell them for even five bucks however man the whole concept of reading and the whole concept of of uh, learning somebody else's knowledge is, dude, it's brilliant. It's it's how ultra successful people become ultra successful. Right. Like um, that, that's come on. That's the only actual secret to uh, to any sort of success in life. Right? It is. Just, yeah. You, you read books you and read books. and you you uh, read about other people's problems and how they solved them, so that you don't need to encounter those problems. Right. So, but man, it. It absolutely blows my mind when I see those stats. Like I'm sure you've seen this. Like uh, 
I can't remember what what exactly the stat is. It's something like, uh, on average, after graduating from high school, the average person uh, like reads maybe two books in their life, Ooh. or something like that. And same goes with college. Like after college, you know, a couple books in their life, I but but I the haven't. average billionaire reads like I think three or four books a month. There's got to be some sort of causation. Well. I just I want to also say that I love a used book. I love bookstores that sell used books. Oh yeah. And finding a nice used book and then finding like uh what have I in the last month I found, you know, just a, a random phone number for a girl named Sarah and then I found somebody's bank uh not statement but it had their account number on there. <laughs> and you got you just find interesting things and they they mark interesting um passages and uh that's that's another joy of it oh yeah uh, where were you where were we oh yeah just just reading a lot yeah I, well did you read a lot in high school in college though or as a kid no, growing up i didn't uh as a kid growing up every now and again uh but not not really anything outside of outside of school reading you know yep um same same goes with with high school like oftentimes i wouldn't even finish finish the book that we were assigned you know a lot of people did that i think where they sort of found a shortcut or cliff notes or whatever yeah and well, got through the assignment that way the the book quizzes which could uh, what was it called accelerated reader where you you could kind of answer the questions without even reading the book oh exactly yeah yeah, yeah. no I'd, I'd say before i graduated college i'd probably only read maybe a dozen books in my life I'm about to finish, but then after I just I started going on a tear. Same dude, exactly the same same situation here. Um, now, man, I make it a point to read every single night for at least, you know, at at the very least like fifteen twenty minutes. But an hour is is awesome. An hour of reading at the end of the night, um, man, you can learn so much from it. You can drop the book on your head while you're in bed. Sure, if you want. And yeah, that's what I look forward to. But again, I mean, it's it's just it's such an easy source of knowledge that everybody has at their fingertips. But again, it's free not real estate. <laughs> it's free. It is. It is basically yeah. That, the books are the one thing that I can uh, I can throw money at and never be upset with myself. I bet I haven't read a third of the books that I own, but I'll just I'll keep buying. Yeah, and you'll get around to reading those. That's right. That's right. Man, I love it. That's that's one of my absolute favorite hobbies. Actually, while we're on this subject, do you have a fav- favorite author or I guess what kind of also what kind of uh like genre of books are you into? Oh god. This is um Hmm. I read a lot of fiction, and this is uh this is probably like a very common problem is that I especially when I started reading, I would just go and find the most popular authors but you know not not just the most popular like bestsellers i would try to find uh critically acclaimed stuff and i would try to read the classics and a lot of them are just boring really yeah well especially the classics like they're well written and they're interesting but it's hard to read it's hard to stay interested because every other author or every you know no notable author has probably read quite a few of the classics that you would read 
and they're building on stuff that they've learned and their ideas. So I read a lot of newer stuff. Um, Is fiction your, still your go-to? I think so. I, okay. That's that's what I'm reading most of, and uh, I'm not ashamed to say that I, I just love the hell out of Stephen King. It took oh. me a long time to get in there, and and I started reading books like uh, a lot of David Foster Wallace and uh, Jonathan Franzen, and I, I kind of started down that route just because uh, I let the internet influence my opinions about what I was reading. Naturally, way too much when I, I got started. You know, when you you spend more time looking up books than you do actually reading them. Right, I can I can relate. Yeah, and so some of that stuff I really love. I really love David Foster Wallace, but at the same time, I love me some Stephen King. Man, see, I'm I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I have never been into fictional reading. Um, I. Dude, I've never read anything Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter related or seen the movies. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not into that stuff. Oh, my um, God. But nonfiction is my bag, baby, in the words of <laughs> Austin Powers. <laughs> and uh, Very influential that, was, that was my Austin Powers you impression. You sound like a well-read man. You quote Austin Powers. <laughs> I read all the Austin Powers books. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I try to read like you know, one nonfiction book for every two or three fiction books that I read. I think regardless of the genre, reading is, is still reading. It's still stimulating your brain in a way that nothing else does. Um, it it makes you smarter no matter no matter what you're reading, unless you're reading like People magazine, <laughs> reading about celebrities. But still, I mean, yeah. reading is just overall just good for the brain. Well, and. But so many people, even if they don't read books, are reading online. But True. You're right. It's it's probably pretty low quality. You low know, quality content. Something about reading a book, though, is you're reading this entire collection of thoughts from start to finish. It's it's not just scrolling through a newsfeed and seeing one person's Facebook status and that says, "I'm going to the zoo today," and then another person with a picture that says, hey, look at my fresh uh, haircut that looks like Robert's dad's troll doll. <laughs> Things like that. And then you scroll to the next one. My butch pink haircut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it. Uh, reading a book has so much more substance, and it actually makes your brain think about this stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, and you can fall into this trap online of, of reading these uh, terrible articles with these catchy headlines. Oh, and, man. Which, which are just basically writers writing to lesser writers or uh for a lot of what i read like marketers just writing to lesser marketers who think right. that this you know that somebody knows something and, and that they should know it too oh it's hard to you get know, out of that though i still it is it really those, is those rabbit holes and i'll still uh i'll still pull open my uh, my awards with friends or um i'll read some shitty articles in in lieu of uh actually diving into a book Every now and oh, then. me too. I think we're all, you know, every everyone does that. That's I'll that's today's a, a podcast. You know, I'll I'll amplify my stupidity on the uh, internet before I read a book. Oh man, happily. <laughs> <laughs> so back on the back on the subject of uh, nonfiction books, I wanted to make it known that my go-to author is Malcolm Gladwell. Have you Ooh, heard of this okay. guy? Oh yeah, I've read a I've re- I read something by him. Man, the Goliath. David and Goliath? What, what yep, was that? David and Goliath was one. I haven't read that one yet. 
What um, was the, the one about people uh, being cultivated because they're in special circumstances or something? That was Outliers. Uh, outliers, yeah. yeah. Man, that is that's a damn good book. And again, that's books like that have so much value, and that's that's how I justify buying some buying a book and keeping it because those types of books, man, alive, I can reread it three hundred times and still learn something from it. Yeah, well, I, the thing with those, I think, is just that they, after reading them, you you are in a certain mental state. It just kind of reframes uh, your perception of things temporarily. Definitely. Right? And especially if you're, you're reading, like, a, a few chapters a night or something, it'll keep you going for the next day. And if you do it consistently, you'll, uh, I don't know, you, it'll change your disposition a little bit. Oh, big uh, time. I, you know, I used to, I, re, I read him and like uh, Seth Godin. Oh, man. Um, who who is Tim Ferriss? I know you're into Tim Ferriss. I'm into all three. In fact, if I had to give you a top three, those would probably be my top three Whoa, favorite authors. No. <laughs> yeah, easily. Oh, my um, goodness. Seth Godin, Malcolm Gladwell, Tim Ferriss, in no particular order because Tim Ferriss is probably my fave. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're all sort of number one to me. I, uh,. I don't read a lot of them anymore because I'm probably too up my own ass to read that kind of stuff. Hey, man. Um, to each their own. Yeah, but I see the value. And there are some good ideas. Man, Tony Robbins, Anthony Robbins. Mm-hmm. Uh, easy guy to shit on. I can shit on him all, all day, but watch him for a few minutes, listen to him for a few minutes. You get some good ideas. You'll, feel, oh, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll come out with a, a little... Um, a little something in your veins. Definitely. Yeah, he would be an easy guy to shit on. Um, yeah. A lot of people could call what he does, like, fake or uh, imposter type thing. But, oh, yeah. Um, man, regardless of, of what you think of him or what anybody thinks of him, the guy motivates people. Yeah, That's stimulating. It, very. Those but teeth, I, too. <laughs> Big old um, horse teeth. I'll, yeah. I'll go ahead and mention uh, something embarrassing here. I I watched. I think it's it's on Netflix. His documentary. Bleed. Yeah, I, um, I watched that too. I wasn't a big fan at all, but I did buy a mini trampoline. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sold. Yeah. Did you use yeah. his Amazon affiliate link? Uh, I did not. I did. I bought a cheapy one, um, and. That's that's what I really took away from watching that was that mini trampoline. And you know, it's a, it's been a it's been a decent investment so far, honestly. So do you do you bounce on it every morning? <laughs> I bounce a little in the morning sometimes just to to get you going. I have a, yeah, I have a bad back, so uh, it kind of loosens me up in the right way. It sounds like it would be bad for a, a bulge disc, but it actually uh, I don't know. It activates muscles in my back if I hold my arms in certain ways and kind of bounce around for a few minutes. Absolutely. I've heard good things about using those. And you know that that was one of the biggest parts that I took out of that <laughs> out of that documentary too is that just his his overall like health routine. Yeah. His regimen. Could we be more shallow here? <laughs> I <don't> know. Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I appreciated the actual seminar in its own way, but um you yeah. know, Ooh, see, that, that, seeing this that part where he convinces that lady to to, to ditch her boy, I, I <laughs> yeah. felt like that was maybe a little forced. Well, and then afterwards, okay. afterwards it says, "Well, these two actually got back together." 
Did it really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe I didn't watch that far into it. It was like, uh, it was, you know, af- right after the movie uh, ended, it's a black screen and it says, uh, this lady got back together with her boyfriend, this guy who, uh, who was turning into a woman, is still uh, such a manly alpha male, that guy that he made roar in front of everybody. Uh, yeah, all sorts of little updates for those people, but... I felt like she was under some peer pressure to uh, to to break it off with him, and uh, you know, I, was, I really had to wonder: like, is just uh, someone telling you to break it off better than you actually living through it and experiencing it, so you don't make the same mistakes again? If it really isn't meant to be, right? But, and that's uh, that's some of the problem with a lot of like those uh, self help gurus, where you know, it, it's it sounds profound only because you can't really substantiate it. Yeah, but if sense. you just if you just live life um, without without taking these gurus' advice, uh, you'll figure it out on your own. It might take a little bit more time, but I think but you'll grow even in. more in the process. Yeah, yeah, you'll be potty trained for life. Right. Exactly. Just for this week. And then eventually, you could write a book about it. Ooh. <laughs> you know, you I think profit that off off of uh, lesser. Yeah, lesser but profits. I think that's how it works. So these people are knowledgeable about it and can talk about it because they've been through it. But yeah, uh, in some in some cases, well, it's it's but. mostly the the delivery, right? Of, of these oh, big time that, that matters, right? <sighs> wow. Um, another actually, I want to go back to the Tony Robbins thing because um, there was a thought that I that I haven't uh, haven't mentioned yet. But back to his uh, whole routine, dude. Did you see? He has a little little tiny pool in his backyard that's chilled to like fifty five degrees. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Did did you see that thing? I it's I, I mean it's I didn't like know the it was size chilled, but but yeah, isn't it? Is it one of those that like uh, it, the water moves too, so we can walk in it or something? No, it's or this thing is up? like the it's like the uh, it's literally about the size of a sewer, like a sewer uh, manhole. Manhole, exactly. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> It's the size of a manhole, um, like just enough to fit so the size one person. Of a man, like a hole. <laughs> it's a hole that's the size of a man. If only exactly. there were a word for this. <laughs> yeah, a man-sized hole. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and you, you just go in there to shrink your penis in the mornings. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, yeah, it's it's cold. It feels cold to the body, but it's uh, it's manhole-sized and apparently super deep, um, and he just. He said, uh, okay, so I have about uh, five or ten minutes that I can uh, sit in my chill pool. Uh, that'll be good. So I'll do that, and then we'll go ahead and take off. Oh, see, this sounds, this sounds really interesting, and this sounds like something. This is another big takeaway for me from that, from oh, that yeah. documentary. <clears throat> Man, it's, it's, uh, it's an intriguing concept. It's something that Tim Ferriss talks quite a bit about, too. Is, is, uh, the cold like shower? Cold, yeah, the uh, benefits of being cold. Um, but yeah, Tony Robbins would just, he just went into his backyard and just hopped into this, uh, pretty cold water and, uh, just sort of floated there for a while. I need to read up on this, but what is it like every, for every minute you spend in in cold water, you live another year or something like this? (laughs) Wow. I don't know (laughs) if that's the case. He's probably living to be 200 at this point. I wouldn't doubt it. I've, I've tried the cold showers and you know what I do? Uh, it does wake you up. And you do something about it does feel very uh, calming after you get out, and yeah. uh, it, it doesn't uh, empty out your skin, dry you out. True, but there's but there's something damn, if about it, if it's not just 
uncomfortable. It is, but that's the only that's the only con about it, really. I, th- yeah, I think yeah, like, that's the only con. bad part about it. It is, it is. But uh, but according to Tim Ferriss, it it sends your body into a certain type of shock, so that it starts like it starts metabolizing food. This once. mammalian. It's like a mammalian response, right? Where if your your right. face is underwater for fifteen to thirty seconds or more or something under cold water you uh your heart starts to slow down something like this um I'm, yeah i'm not sure but yes whatever whatever it whatever the heck it does it starts your 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 body starts metabolizing food and using like using a lot of energy to oh, just to, just to keep you warm think, yeah i guess yeah, yeah. and well, uh d- did you bike much this winter you know, I, I, uh, well, I didn't get, I, I only bought my bike about a month. It's a fucking yes or no question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's, it's still winter, so yes, I did. <laughs> I, but, man, but did you I find like that it. you could go a lot further in the winter just because it was cold out and you, you're not, your body's not trying to, to like cool itself off with sweat? Actually, that's a good point. Yeah. And again, the only, the only reason I would not would would have to stop would be because I'm freaking cold. <laughs> that's it. It's a little yeah. uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a well, good point. Plus, you well, have the yeah. trail to yourself because nobody else likes biking in the cold because either. It's, yeah, because it's a pretty bad idea. Because it's in cold. In your neck of the woods. Uh, well, that's why running in the fall and like the the spring is uh, just phenomenal. When it's just a, a little cooler than than um, you know standing outside. Uh, t-shirt weather right and and you don't have to sweat much and you your body kind of stays cool and you can just run forever oh that's a nice feeling man that would or be pedal. a nice feeling or pedal, pedal diving club the pedal yeah pedal, pedal diving shit we spelled that bill dang it we spelled puddle. that puddle diving wrong p-e-d-d-o 